0: Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? Foodforestabundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forest on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community providing healthier food free from the supply chain to learn more visit foodforestabundance.com use the code food22 and save five percent foodforestabundance.com this is wwe superstar drew
1: mcintyre you're listening to the wwe podcast
0: One that everybody wants. Me. To WrestleMania. Play more. Play more. Oh! Oh. Austin 316 says, "I just ripped your ass." Is is my item. You're
1: gonna acknowledge me. Welcome, everybody, to the current state of WWE. Back this week with Anthony DeMarco, as always, and uh, it's great to have you back on the show. We're We're going to dive into all things this week in WWE and kind of a more of a focused week in review, if you will, with uh, Anthony DeMarco. So welcome to the show, man. How's it going?
2: Not too bad, my man. Uh, You know, talk a bit off air. Uh, You know, I'm going through a move right now, and I know you went through it a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. I can't remember exactly, but... uh, I think uh, everyone who's gone through it will know that it takes a massive piece out of your life and uh, once it's done you never want to do it again. But aside from that I'm great how about you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, other than that Mrs.
1: Lincoln, how's the play? I mean uh, it, it was um so yeah, I mean th- anybody that's moved I'm not trying to make this into a, a moving show but uh, I you know it was 2 years ago I moved and I remember just it is a all-consuming. Uh, uh, you realize how much crap you have. Trying to figure things, logistics, paperwork, money—like it's a complete, you know what show. I get yeah. it. It's stressful. Money. Uh, just, I mean, you, you're, you're trying to do a hundred things. You have you have work to do. You have like I get it. So uh, anybody like you said that, that has moved can attest to that. And uh, yeah, so once you do this, brother, just don't ever move again, right? Like you're you're done, right? So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, which begs the question as to why R.K. Bro keeps insisting on moving from show to show. Like you would think <laughs> that they would get tired of all that moving once in a while, a while right? Nice transition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, exactly right. I mean, but uh, at the same time, I don't. I mean, all they have to do is just get on a plane, go to a different hotel, and travel on one more day a week than they need to. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, though, as we've been discussing over the last several weeks and months, at this point is the um, the the, 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 the grand split easy for me to say is kind of dead i mean there's so many things that they have done at this point the announcers aren't coming covering for anybody it's just accepted nobody calls anybody on any quarter invitationals there's no wild card rule it's just out the window they want to have their draft but also not have the draft at the same time it's it's the most bizarre thing you and i've covered it but yeah with rk pro i mean we can start there i mean so this past week on SmackDown, we got RK Bro uh, just throughout the show trying to get the Usos to, uh, to to finally accept their challenge to the tag team title the unification match, and at the end of the show they finally accepted, and we also had Riddle knee Roman in the face and then quickly ex- exit the ring as Randy and Riddle were walking up the ramp, and that ended SmackDown. That tag title unification match, as we know, is happening next week on SmackDown. But I don't know about you. This I smell a bit of a uh, something's not right. Like something Something's fishy, right? I think probably Roman's interfering, causing this to continue to hell in a cell. But uh, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they'll actually have it a, a clean finish next week? Or do you think it's something
2: that probably gets extended to hell in a cell? Well, first off, I'm going to say that <clears throat> in terms of people moving from show to show, It seems as though that if you are in the bloodline or involved in any which way, storyline-wise, with the bloodline, then you're exempt from the brand split. That's what it kind of seems like. If you're Roman Reigns or the Usos or Paul Heyman or you're feuding with any one of them, you're allowed to jump from show to show without any consequence. As for the unification match, I don't think it's going to end. I don't even know if they're going to finally go through with it. Because I think that they know that once the unification of those titles end, they can no longer push forward with the rk Bro bloodline storyline. And I think that they realize that they have something here, and they have something that isn't stale in regards to Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And obviously they have Drew McIntyre right on uh, right in the back door kind of waiting for Roman Reigns it seems like eventually Cody Rhodes will get there but in the interim i think the feud between RK Bro and the usos and by extension roman reigns has given them something to work with in the interim where they don't have to rush into a match with Drew McIntyre and and uh, Roman Reigns for the championship they don't it gives them more time to build Cody up for Roman Reigns maybe more towards the rumble or maybe WrestleMania next year and i think if you pull the trigger and unify the titles on smackdown next week Then it's just like, well, then where are you going to go with it? Then RK-Bro goes back to doing whatever they're doing because I would assume that the Usos would be the ones that would come out on the winning end of that. And then you're kind of back to square one. Like We kind of saw that with Roman Reigns following his victory at WrestleMania over Brock Lesnar. He won the the Unified Championship, and then for a few weeks it was like he was spinning his tires, and it was only until they got this feud going with RK-Bro and the Usos that we started seeing Roman Reigns in kind of like a, f- a breath of fresh air type of way. Obviously, Drew McIntyre has got involved. We had the Bloodline defeat that group at uh, Backlash. But I just think the longer that they stretch this out, without making it go stale, because after a point, there is a law of diminishing returns, like with everything. But the longer they're able to keep this storyline going in a non-stale fashion, I think it's a win for WWE. And this has to be the longest
1: promoted tag team title match of all time, and and not yeah. not on purpose because we all know last second whether it was Fox executives somebody decided that it, they needed to have Roman and Drew in this match and that it's bigger than the unification match, therefore it was a non title and we know the Bloodline won. It, it, it seems like they've promote, been promoting this now for like two months, and at the same time, I say, it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm really kind of not. We're for for once once in our probably professional wrestling viewer careers if that's a thing we have all been viewing or watching this promotion for a tag team title match for the longest ever i mean like probably eight weeks or more i mean th- that we have been hearing about it it's been rumored it happened it was supposed to happen as we know a backlash didn't happen now it's happening next week which will likely go, go into a schmoz finish and it gets extended to hell in a cell where we get the actual finish of this of this program and i i actually think it's deserving of inside the cell alongside cody and seth on raw if, if you're going to have one from smackdown and one from raw which is what they do now normally they have a, a women's match to balance out, uh, you know, with, with a men's match. At least in the last few years, they've done that. But I, I would argue against that this year because I don't think any of the women's programs are deserving of inside the cell. If, if you're going to pick two programs, it's the one that you've been promoting for eight weeks or so with the tag title oh. unification match, which I think all four men could have an uh, really a potential match of the year inside of the cell if they go that road, and it's much more deserving than anything going on with the women. Not not that I don't want the women in there, but if you're just talking objectively, they don't have as good of a, any good programs going on, at least deserving of the cell. And of course, you got Cody and Seth, which we'll talk about a little bit later on the other side on Raw, uh, but. To to finish my point, I think that this this program right now, it's been going on a long time, yet we haven't got the match yet, and all of us still want the match, and it does feel fresh because all four men... They've got great chemistry on the mic, they've got insane, insanely good chemistry inside the ring, you know that any match they put on, they could be half asleep, and you know that their match is going to be just, I mean, at least good. Good is like the floor of what it could be. I mean, it has the potential to be four and a half, five star match, and I think we, we could get that at Hell in a Cell, so anyway, I'll stop there.
2: Well, of course, and it's because it's not like a typical tag team, right? Like a tag team feud, rather. Because on one side, you have the Usos, who you could make the case that in the last decade, they're the best tag team. Like, I guess most people would say New Day. But from a subjective standpoint, I would say the Usos. I don't know about you. And on the other side, you have a team that's built with half a, with a Randy Orton as half of the team. Arguably the biggest legacy star the company has on a full-time basis right now. So this isn't just a typical, you know, tag team feud like we saw between the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders two years ago, you know, Challenging each other to obstacle courses. This is a serious, star-studded, main-event caliber tag team program. Some, and I'm not comparing it directly to this, but similar to like when we saw the two-man power trip up against the brothers of destruction. This, and it's really cool when you see two teams of this magnitude go head to head. And again, it's, and I think the biggest, or maybe not the biggest, but one of the best pro- byproducts of this is the fact that it's allowed Roman Reigns to kind of take a backseat. That, you know, a few weeks ago I was coming on here and saying it was too much, it was too much, there was too much Roman Reigns. And recently he's still been around, but it hasn't been all Roman Reigns all the time. But it's still been attached to him in some way. And I do like the fact that you know, like he has his, his cousins doing his bidding. And that at least because now it's meant to be this way in the storyline – all roads kind of lead to Roman reigns and on in some way, you know, in the past we've criticized that, but now that they've kind of integrated it in the storyline that he is kind of like the chief and the, the king of WWE, it does work. So I think it's been a cool mix of like still keeping Roman reigns relevant and not letting us forget about him, but keeping him in the back when kind of like in the shadows where it's just like, okay, hey, when's Roman going to come out? Okay. When's he going to come? Is he going to get involved here? And I just think it's been a good way to, you know, not give too much of a good thing. And like I said, you have a star studded tag team on one side of arguably the most over tag team right now, you know, anchored by Randy Orton on the other. And it's just been a really, really good mix. I think that they've really hit it out of the park so far with this storyline. <laughs>
1: That's probably the one part of this that people aren't realizing because it's happening so subtly that Roman Reigns has taken a bit of a backseat, and that's totally fine to this story because Drew wasn't even on SmackDown, and I'm cool with that too. It's To me, there's no problem that Drew and Roman, that program is going the very slow burn road. And that's totally fine with me. I'm all for that because we know this is going to be a very long program. I wouldn't be surprised if even after SummerSlam we're possibly still talking about it. I think it ends at SummerSlam, personally. You and I have talked about that, I think, in the last couple of shows. But I have no problem with Roman. Again, he's there, but he's not the focus of what is going on in the ring. And that's cool. And it feels good for him to kind of take a breath and let the Usos shine. Let the Usos actually Come to the forefront and lead the story. And when is the last time that, the number one, the tag team titles have felt this important? I don't even, I can't think about the last time that the tag titles have felt this important. I mean, you brought up the two-man power trip of Austin and Triple H, probably one of the most underutilized stories of all time and got cut way too short with the Brothers of Destruction in the early 2000s. That, I mean, the, the tag team titles felt super important there. Of course, the Hardy Boys, when they were in their prime, Edge and Christian Dudleys. Like, outside of that I really don't know when the tag titles have felt this important and have been a consistent main event topic ending shows uh, on, on Fox. And so to me, I, I mean, this, this feels fresh because this match hasn't happened yet. You know, they're going to get a great match. The good and promos, as we just said. And so you have something fresh with the tag titles being the forefront of something, but it feels like it is. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like, Oh, WWE is just trying to make this a thing. It, it, it is a thing. It is a thing. And it's, it's something that all of us are looking forward to that, um, you know, I, I think is going to lead to Riddle becoming a huge star, which he already is. I mean, he has been one of the biggest success stories. I think by accident it, coming up to nxt from nxt to wwe he originally obviously was not in this character or, or doing what he's doing now and him and randy originally were scheduled to, to break up quickly and it was going to end with a match la- at last year's SummerSlam. with those two of course we you know fast forward uh, 18 months and here we are and uh you know they're, they're one of the most successful tag teams in modern history i think and the, one of the more i i think star-studded Tag teams that we've seen in a while. It's just so much fun to see this happen and for Roman to take a back seat. Drew's going to come, but it's going to be kind of here and there, building to a match. I don't even think they're going to face each other at Hell in a Cell, personally. I don't think, I don't know if Roman's going to be at Hell in a Cell. I haven't heard anything.
2: Well, and I think that what they're, I saw a report that they're trying to make Roman Reigns the new Brock Lesnar Mm. in the sense that he only kind of shows up when he wants to. And I know a lot of people hated that, like, let's say Brock Lesnar, Lesnar, <laughs> sir, sir. oh my god, that's funny. I've never heard that, that's actually really funny. I want to make that like a sound drop. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar, easy enough for me to say, circa 2014, 2015, where he was an absentee champion. I know everyone hated that, but I don't know about you, but it kind of made the championship feel a bit more important. And not maybe to the extent of Brock Lesnar, to where he just wouldn't be on television for a month or two months on end, but in the sense of, like, if you're the world champion, should you have to wrestle every Monday Night Raw slash Friday Night SmackDown? Should you have to defend your championship at every B-level pay-per-view? No, I think that you should be at least on three out of four shows uh, in terms of Raw and SmackDown. But if you, all you have to do is come and cut a promo... I don't think that's a bad thing if you're the champion. And if that's the way they're going with Roman Reigns... I think that it would be good, like I said, following WrestleMania, you know, a couple weeks on here, where I said, you know, him being a dual champion, being on Raw, being on SmackDown, if they push forward with this and he's main eventing both shows and wrestling on both shows and house shows and pay-per-views because he has to perform double duty, it's going to get old really fast. But uh, not to say that they were listening to me, obviously they weren't, but it's cool to see that they kind of realize like, okay we got to rein this in. We can't just throw Roman everywhere all the time. And now you're kind of still having him relevant, but through association with the Usos. You see him having interactions with Orton and Riddle. Obviously, he has a bit of a history with Orton. Orton is a legit bona fide main event star on his own. And then they're doing the slow burn with Drew McIntyre. And I agree. I don't think that they're going to go to this right away. Because in my opinion, I don't even know if they want to do this 100%. Like, you've seen them kind of test the waters when Drew has come out, gone face-to-face with Roman, when they started brawling. Okay, do the fans want this? Do they not? And like I said, and we talked about two weeks ago, after Drew and now seemingly Cody Rhodes, who else do they have? A returning rock? So if you only have these two guys, Aside from returning Rock, they don't have anyone else in the queue waiting for Roman Reigns. So if you only have Drew and you only have Cody Rhodes, you know, lined up for Drew uh, for uh, Roman Reigns to face against him, I think I just reiterated the wrong names, but Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes against <laughs> Roman Reigns for the next, let's say, 10 months or so, then you might as well squeeze all the juice you have possible at your disposal out of rk bro because who knows maybe this could lead to a matt riddle and roman reigns match for the championship at money in the bank maybe it could be roman reigns versus randy orton obviously i would never expect either of those two to dethrone roman reigns but it's given you numerous options here in the interim so you don't have to burn through drew right away and you don't have to burn through cody rhodes right away And like I've said several times now, in the meantime, you've kind of let Roman Reigns slide into the shadows a bit and make the fans want to see him more. And, you know, absentee champion or not, I think sometimes that's the best course of action to make the championships feel special. The fact that Roman's
1: not going to be here as much, I love. And not because I'm I'm not as tired of the act as uh, some people are. It is starting to wear. I mean, no doubt about it and I think WWE's recognized this, but I also think for Roman's longevity, he, he's already, he's a made man, he's paid his dues, he doesn't need to really be doing house shows at this point, he doesn't have to, uh, you know, and, and for his safety and longevity to preserve him and his health mentally and physically, you'd want him to do less dates, I mean, and if I was Roman, I think I would want to do less dates too, and also venture into other other things, other projects, that's how a lot of people get their foot in the door at Hollywood, and I don't blame them, if that's the road he's going but for wwe i think that seeing him less is more makes it more special when he shows up and if he goes a brock lesnar schedule that's going to piss some people off there's no doubt about it that some people are going to be angry about that and he's hoarding both championships and you know we've heard the same story And, and i was on board for that too to a certain point with brock that he's an absentee champion he's never here but with Roman Reigns I don't think he'll take a full Brock Lesnar schedule. I think he'll still do uh, at least even show up at even the the B pay-per-views. Maybe he doesn't interfere, you know, runs in for interference to to help The Usos or, you know, wh- whatever. Just because he doesn't have a title match at those pay-per-views doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to show up in some capacity because Roman Reigns is their biggest star. And I think right now with Roman Reigns, you can't go wrong with him taking more time off and doing fewer dates. It's going to help the storyline because I think people are wearing thin on Roman Reigns in terms of just like it's the same act. We've, we hear the complaints. I'm sure WWE does, too. And I, I have no issue with him taking fewer uh, doing fewer dates because it's going to help everyone involved, and allow other stories to come to the forefront other than just who's Roman Reigns facing next. Uh, but with Drew, as we mentioned, I think that you're going to have the story where Roman is ducking and dodging Drew over the next you know month, where he finally has to face him, maybe the pay-per-view before, maybe Money in the Bank, because that's going to be in a stadium. That's, that's in a stadium, Allegiant Stadium, I believe, where last year's SummerSlam was. So I would imagine that at the next event, premium live event, after Hell in a Cell, Roman is going to be forced in some way, somehow, contractually, to to defend his championship or championships. We still don't know if it's going to be defended separately together. We'll find out. Against Drew, that'll be, I think, their first meeting at Money in the Bank, concluding probably at SummerSlam. So
2: do you think this is kind of off topic, but do you think now, like, this is kind of the coronation that Money in the Bank is now part of the, I guess, big five pay-per-views?
1: Well, I think they're trying to make it a thing. I I mean, the fact that they're putting it in a stadium is number one that they've never done that. Uh, They're they're trying to do multiple stadium shows throughout the year. And also, and this is a story I'm sure if you watch the Newswire, as most of us do, that if you're listening to a wrestling podcast, you probably follow wrestling news about backstage stuff, everything. That uh, Cody Rhodes, the promotion for the Money in the Bank event, Cody Rhodes said in that promotion uh, video that they've run many times now that the winner of the Money in the Bank match gets a championship opportunity at, in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean that that wasn't something that they accidentally put in there. I, that's what he said. Any go back and listen. Anybody that's, that's you know listening to this, you haven't seen it. Go watch the promo video for the Money in the Bank uh, event. Cody Rhodes, who's narrating the whole thing, that's what he said. And you'd imagine like, oh well, that that must be a mistake. They'll correct it. No, they've ran it for multiple day, multiple weeks now. Uh, so it's clearly something that maybe they've changed with Money in the Bank. I'm not a fan of that. If if Money in the Bank is truly what that promotional video says, and they've run it and run it now for multiple weeks, then I'm not I'm not on board for that because that's what the Royal Rumbles for, and it takes a lot of the spontaneity and fun out of the Money in the Bank briefcase winner if they could cash it at any time. That's the whole fun. That's the whole point. So if like, if they are changing the rules, and it sounds like they are based on that promo video then it to me it completely defeats the purpose of the money in the bank briefcase which is anytime you can cash it in and you know they said it's the main event of wrestlemania again to me you're 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 strangleholding the the royal rumble winner which that's the point of that match and you're also taking away a potential person that is not a Money in the Bank or Royal Rumble winner that you're like, oh, they could be in the main event. Well, now you've already you taken up two of those main event spots with two people you know are going to be in it. You know, a lot of the mystery, I think, is taken out of the WrestleMania main event. So, I don't know. Did you catch that with the Cody Rhodes
2: promo uh, promo video? I did. I just, I hope he meant that, like, if you so choose, you could put yourself in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, uh, the the thing that came to my head, maybe because I'm just refusing to believe that that's actually what they're going to do with Money in the Bank. But I was thinking in my head, like, wh- like they're booking Cody Rhodes probably to be, like, the top babyface in the company, right? That's what I would assume. Yep. So I'm saying to myself, like, maybe he's going to win, and then he's going to be the first guy to be like, I'm going to cash this in in the main event of WrestleMania. But then what the hell is the Royal Rumble for? Because then it's just like, okay, well, then are you going back to two world champions? Mm -hmm. And I have read some things online that they're thinking about going back to two world champions. And I guess that was another segue that I would have for you. Like, as I answer your question with the question, (laughs) do you think that Monday Night Raw, because I still equate Roman Reigns to more SmackDown, even though he's technically both champions, I just think of him more of a SmackDown guy. Do you think Monday Night Raw has suffered at all without a stable world championship? And do you think that they have enough talent on Monday Night Raw to put back its own world title?
1: So I think they have enough talent to do it. I mean, again, Seth Rollins, for God's sakes, how is he not a champion? For, for I mean, it, it's really criminal. It's unbelievable. And yeah, So, yes, I do think they have it. The guy's name is Seth Rollins. Um, that's number one. Number two, um, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to have – I don't think that they'll split the titles yet. I think they'll get there. Um, but um, what was your first question about the uh, – it wasn't about the world titles. It was about Cody? What
2: was Yeah, it? like so, yeah, so do you think that like Cody could win hmm. the money in the bank and then say I'm cashing this in at WrestleMania? I yeah,
1: I think he could. I would I would advise against it though. I really would. Again, you, you, it, I hope that's what they meant and not what they literally said was that you could, you know, somebody could win this match and cash it in at the main event of WrestleMania. But that's not what they said. It was very clear that the winner gets a shot in the main event, a title shot in the main event of WrestleMania. It was very clear that it was not implied. It was, that's what it is. Uh, so I really hope that that's not the case, because I, um, I, I, I will be very disappointed in the Money in the Bank if that's what they're going to do, because that's the complete opposite. Uh, that's the whole point of the Money in the Bank is, uh, is for that not to happen. Um, so, yeah.
2: I just, I think the entire, like, how, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, I can't believe this word isn't coming to me. But, the like, the whole uniqueness, I guess, of, of the money in the bank is that it could happen at any time. It is so damn predictable. And WWE always likes to tell us that anything could happen in WWE. So, if you take that unpredictability out of money in the bank, then why the hell are you even doing it? Like, the, the entire reason... The whole concept, in my opinion, got over was, for one, you were getting a multi-man ladder matches, and those are always pretty much slam dungs, much like the Intercontinental Championship ladder matches they had for two years at Mania, and I don't know why they strayed away from that, but that's a completely different other discussion. But it's also because the first time that Money in the Bank was cashed in and Edge won his first ever world championship, it was one of the most iconic swerves, I guess if you want to call it that, of all time. And now you're just always constantly waiting for that next cash in. You're waiting for that next cash in. And sometimes it flops, sometimes it doesn't But it is still always something that you have in your back pocket If you really want to, you know, wow the crowd or something Or help get someone over, specifically as a heel It's kind of like a get-out-jail-free card If you have a guy win a world title and it, it doesn't work Kind of like with Big E He won the world championship, wasn't a great run But then you could be like, oh, well, he won money in the bank, so that's it Or you could have really good cash ins like Edge the first ever time or the third ever time when he did it on The Undertaker or Dean Ambrose in 2016. Like, but if you take that entire aspect out of it i just don't know what's different about money in the bank than the royal rumble
1: nothing i mean nothing because that's that's again that's the contract that is in that briefcase it it is implied that you can you can cash it in within one year and and besides again it takes all the spontaneity out of it but you're also telling me that wwe is going to no, the main event of WrestleMania for sure. Nine months in advance, when we hear about constant raw, right, a uh, raw, raw rewrites and Vince tearing up scripts and things changing on the fly, you think that really WWE is going to want to stranglehold themselves, handcuff themselves for nine months? When, and say, in four months they're like, ah, oh, crap, we probably should have done this. Then all of a sudden, now what do you do? I mean, like you've already said, this person's in the main event of WrestleMania because they won Money in the Bank. You're also, I think, we just talked about Rumble. You know, you're taking away the specialness of the Rumble because the Rumble is exactly for that purpose. We don't need essentially two Rumbles, one with the briefcase and one you just toss somebody over the, uh, the the rope to win. It it just, I'm not a big uh, proponent of it as I've said. But uh, the other the other first question you asked a minute ago that I just remember what it was about Raw suffering with no world champion. I think raw would have suffered more and would be suffering more had the tag titles not been had then not be so hot as they are right now. If they weren't as hot as they are with RK bro, then I think it would be much more of a glaring problem than it is, uh, than it otherwise would have been because right now the tag team titles are the main event. You actually feel like the tag titles are like are worthy of the main event, not just because, they they want them to be because it feels deserving of that. So you know if the tag titles weren't in such a good place, I think it would feel a lot worse. But you can only hold that for so long before you're like, okay, we need a, we need somebody who's the top guy here. E- either that or just officially in the brand split. They need a top guy to hold a championship. You can't do the tag team thing forever. I suppose you could elevate the Intercontinental Championship or in United States Championship. Uh, you know on raw anyway i mean you could but again that only gets you so far but before you look around you're like all right well where's our world champion you know eventually you're going to hit that
2: yeah and i and i think like that's what you're kind of missing here is that that one title to you know kind of be like the carrot at the dangling at the end or the light at the end of the tunnel for any of these guys working their way up the ranks because at the end of the day why the hell are these why are all these guys there You know what I mean? Like, you're there to win world championships. You're there to be the best. You know, why do the Yankees play baseball to win the World Series? You know, it's the same concept. And I think that if you don't have that world title there, and I know that technically Roman Reigns has the championship, and I'm still not sure if it's going to become one world title or if he could still exclusively defend one. Have they, you know, ironed that out, any of those details? Or are we still left in the dark on that?
1: I think we're still left in the dark on that. I mean, they have not told us outright um, what those details are. I mean, that's what makes me so hesitant to believe that they're going to put them back themselves into a corner with this potential money in the bank rule change. Um, And, you know, so no, they haven't ironed those out, but um, before, you know, I know we're running against the clock here, but I want to ask you to switch gears very quickly to the women's side of things and ask you about Ronda Rousey. Um, now uh, this past week she she had a match against Raquel Rodriguez, she beat Raquel, they shook hands and they left and that that was great. I mean, it, it's a kind of a nice way to get, to get a, give a rub to Raquel. I get it. Uh, but Ronda Rousey this past week as she has done on, on, on uh, another time or two that I can recall call the Smackdown Women's Championship the Smackdown Championship belt. I think that's what she said. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself like that's what somebody who doesn't watch wrestling calls the championship. Like if you if if you're bringing somebody in that doesn't watch wrestling and they're you're like you're trying to explain what what's going on and what the championships are, they'll probably they'll point at the TV and they'll be like is that the Smackdown Championship belt? Like it's such a like a- amateur way to me of describing something. It's like and, and whether it's intentional or not on Rousey's part, if it's intentional, then that is just flat out disrespect, respecting the championship, and it's also a signal to me and maybe to others that she feels she's above having to say it's the women's championship. This I don't. Or number two, she just can't put those three words together. I don't know what it is. Either it's a brain cramp or it's intentional. It Either one is not good. I don't know why she feels the need to try to rename the championship. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, she, she, to me, has... I want her gone from WWE. Either that or turn her heel. I mean, like, I think she could be an amazing heel. I don't know why they haven't decided to go that road. Uh, because maybe it's her fragile ego. She doesn't want to get... You know, she she her her little uh you know tummy'll hurt if people boo her, which is what happened the last time when she was babyface and people started to turn on her. Um, but you know I, I don't like her. I, she comes across arrogant, entitled. She's changing the name of championships. She's not good on promos. Uh, she she's to me a heel just waiting to be birthed. And uh, I, I don't know. Do you feel the same about Rousey? I mean, we don't have a clear opponent for her yet either.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I get it. I get why they're pushing her. She's obviously a household name in, I guess, Comcast, uh, Comcast, combat sports world. But at the same time, you know, I don't know why they just don't follow the formula like they did with Brock. Like if Brock would have come back as a baby face in 2012 and, you know, been very part time and get booked so strongly, like I don't imagine it would have worked. It took them, what, a decade to turn Brock babyface, quite literally, (laughs) Mm -hmm. after he kind of just became a a legacy star by osmosis. And I just, it's waiting for them. You have the formula that you already ran through with Brock Lesnar, a guy who came from MMA, well, originally WWE, but then came back over from MMA, works a very part-time schedule, clearly doesn't want to be there, like Rousey gives off that impression sometimes. And it worked with Brock. As much as people hated it, you hated to love him. And I think that Rhonda is fairly good in the ring. I thought that she adapted pretty fast to it. And she certainly is a good athlete. But in terms of her being a babyface, like, it just doesn't work. I thought it worked in the beginning. I thought it was okay. But as soon as that whole nonsense with Becky Lynch happened and that weird booking all the way to WrestleMania 35 – She deserves to be a heel, and she needs to be a heel, and I think people want to boo her. I don't think people want her gone entirely, except for you, obviously, (laughs) But because I do think that she is a good in-ring worker, especially how quickly she picked it up. But this like fake kind of babyface gimmick she has going on is not working. And I'm waiting for when Bailey comes back and they try and push Bailey as a heel against her, because that is just going to absolutely flip upside down in terms of crowd reaction. For me, you turn her heel and you have something here because people will hate her. But because of her work in the ring, I think it will work. But as long as they keep pushing forward with her as a babyface, I just think it's kind of unbearable to watch at times. Yeah, it's it's
1: uh, it's tough to watch. It, it feels very much like Roman Reigns when he was a babyface and we were all like, turn him heel. It's there. Do it. And what happened? He turned into one of the best heels that the company's seen in nearly 20 years. I mean, he's... I, I think the last time I had a heel this good was maybe Triple H, um, you know, when he was world champion. I, I really believe that. I mean, we've had some good heels over the years, but I really would say it's been about 20 years since we've had a heel this good. And uh, and for this long. And a championship run that's been this long as well. So, um, you know, and I think Ronda Rousey could maybe not be as successful because she's part-time. But I don't think this babyface, it doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic. It feels she's playing a part. Uh, I think that she truly has inside of her some kind of animosity towards wrestling fans. It's, you know, she, she is good in the ring and that's fine, but everything else I can't stand about her. I mean, like everything else I can't stand. I I can't stand her mannerisms. I can't stand the way she whispers on the mic. She doesn't have a good cadence or volume when she's cutting a promo. It's like she's whispering to the person in class next to her. She has no confidence on the mic. And I'm again, I will say this. I know promos aren't easy. Oh, you do it. I, 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 am not saying they are easy but, you know, you got everything else just at least up the volume, Rhonda, for God's sakes. Um, I, I don't like her facial expressions, her kind of like her her just the way that she her, her just her or I don't know her aura. I don't like it screaming ego and it's perfect for a heel run. I don't know why they haven't done it. The crowd is lukewarm with her. I don't think they're fully uh, behind her. The nostalgia of having her around has worn off, um, and, and I just I think she would be a, a perfect heel. And like you said, when Bailey comes back, which I believe is probably going to be the next real opponent that she faces, maybe um, maybe all the way to SummerSlam. We'll see. Bailey is very close to returning, um, and maybe she waits, maybe she doesn't. But it's Bailey versus Ronda at uh, a big event. Maybe they do it at Money in the Bank. And I think that if they get her, get Ronda and Bailey in the same ring in a, in a stadium, it's going to be hilarious to watch because people are going to be welcoming back Bailey with open arms, and they are going to completely destroy Ronda Rousey. I think people would would absolutely side with Bailey because she's the, the one that grew up from NXT. She's homegrown. She's not a, a, a technically a mega star like Ronda Rousey is. She doesn't have the sense of entitlement like Ronda does. It's going to be hilarious to watch if they put those two in a stadium, main event for the women, and try to put Bayley as a heel and Ron as a babyface. It's going to be fun to watch if they try that. I hope they do.
2: Quickly, before we close it out, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of Monday Night Raw. Like, for real. I did not see that. What was the reason? apparently. Uh, I just grew, I just glazed over it quickly because it came on my feed. I got notification because of it, but I think it's something along the lines that Sasha Banks wasn't happy with creative and Vince wouldn't change whatever he had planned, and uh, she walked out and Naomi went with her as like kind of like a show of solitude with the group. But apparently, it's not storyline. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, the, I I would I believe you. I just sometimes those things are. There's a small chance it's a work, you know, like, okay, you know, it's a small chance. I mean, I'll I'll take that at face value and, you know, say that that's real, but, um, I did not know that. And we'll have to see if next week that it's brought into storyline. The second you hear it in storyline, obviously it's, it's, it was all just a ruse, but, um, if they don't, and you see them drop the belts quickly, then, uh, we'll know that that was real, you know, and I, I, definitely keep an eye on that so all right well very good uh yeah we'll, we'll wrap things up here did you have any final comments or things you want to share before we say goodbye
2: no just uh, i guess the one thing i'd say is that i am feeling a lot more optimistic and less sick of the roman reigns bloodline angle so i'll give wwe credit there that uh they've done a good job of want making me want more and You know, sometimes less is more, and you can't just shove something down people's throats and force them to, you know, want it. You know, they've uh, made—that kind of sounded weird, eh? Uh, But um, I am—oh my god, that kind of set me off track. But anyway, it's just nice to see that they've taken a path with Roman Reigns and the bloodline where— you were left wanting more for a bit. Because for a while there, especially after WrestleMania, it was kind of just like bloodline, 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 bloodline. And after a while, as good as the storyline is, you kind of start to get sick and tired of it. But they've gone about it with a way, with a fresh set of opponents, that each and every week, even though it's centered around the bloodline, it isn't all about Roman Reigns, at which point you're left wanting to see Roman Reigns more.
1: Exactly. No, And they are on the right path. It's starting to feel a little bit better now that Roman is actually kind of playing second fiddle, which you know we that that in and of itself is it has completely changed the whole feel of the group because the Usos are in a program where Roman's not really he's withdrew, but it's not really full floor, full force yet. And yeah, I agree. I mean, just with Roman, even you know even if he's not there for like a couple of weeks. Something like taking a couple of two, three weeks off is going to do him wonders and, and do the audience wonders of not not to try to miss him, but just to make it feel fresh by him, not just being there. His absence will make it feel fresh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And I think that uh, most I think most fans are as well. So. All right. Well, uh, I think that uh, that that does it for this evening. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I think we can all say, you know, good luck with the move. And of course, if you have social media, you can plug that and your show
2: yeah obviously uh every week here uh usually on fridays sometimes early saturdays wwe retro drops uh last week or you know earlier this week depending when you're listening to the show i uh i had the review of WrestleMania 20 personally one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time i know you were there in attendance so i'm sure you could speak to that better than me and as always get me on twitter at adamarka25
1: All right. Very good. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Like I said, good luck with the move. It is mentally and physically exhausting. Uh, So, yeah, definitely uh, just take it easy if you can.
2: (laughs) Thanks, man. Looking forward to our show next week.
1: Absolutely. Take care.
2: You too. Bye.
0: Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? Foodforestabundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community providing healthier food free from the supply chain to learn more visit foodforestabundance.com use the code food22 and save five percent foodforestabundance.com
1: thanks for listening to the wwe podcast don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com podcast.com